Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever heard your pastor preach from the same verse but several months apart and it hits you completely differently the second time than the first? God's Word is applied to everyone uniquely every time they hear it or read it. So when Pastor Jim says today that you need to be careful not to become complacent in your hearing of the Word, he is speaking the truth. God intends for His words to be used by you every time you hear them. So be open to His voice and let His words fill your spirit. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 as he begins his message, God's Faithful Representatives. The Apostle Paul is in jail in Rome awaiting his execution and he's been writing this letter of 2 Timothy to his young protege, Pastor Timothy, who's pastoring the church in Ephesus, where the Apostle Paul had spent a lot of time. He was his mentor. The Apostle Paul was Timothy's mentor, and he's been encouraging and reminding Timothy of his calling to preach the gospel, which is a calling for every follower of Jesus. That's what we're all, part of what we're all supposed to be doing. And first Timothy, the first we studied already, looked extensively about the problem with false teachers, we saw it in 2nd and 3rd John, we saw it in Jude, these guys are everywhere, and they were plaguing the church in Ephesus in 1st Timothy, and sadly, when we come to 2nd Timothy, we see they are still plaguing the church there. False teachers are hard to stop. We should do a few things, and he's going to talk about we should limit our exposure to them, we should resist them. Yet at the same time, we want to make sure that they are not infecting the church or God's people. And so I've entitled this message, God's Faithful Representatives. And that's what we want to be. We want to be the faithful representatives, not part of the false teachers. So verse 14, I want to read it twice. It says, remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Let's go a little slower now. Remind them, well, who, who are they? They're the followers of Jesus. We talked about them last week in verse 10. Of these things, charging them, some of your versions say, warning them before the Lord not to strive, some versions say fight, about words to no profit. Some versions say about useless words to the ruin of the hearers. And so the Apostle Paul starts out reminding them of what? He, he reminds them what I told you and what they need to know about the gospel. Remind the people about the gospel. Remind the people about the truth. Don't be constantly, you know, just talking about what's wrong. Tell people what's right. Uh, for some people, now it's interesting when you come to church on Sunday, I don't know if sometimes you look around the crowd a little bit and you watch sometimes there's certain things that are said, and for a lot of people, it's new information. Remember the first time, if you've been a Christian a while, you heard the gospel for the first time, and you're like, where have I been? <laughs> I remember hearing that, I was like, where have I been? And so it's new information. For others, it's a fresh reminder of things that we have already learned. Now, the verb tense is keep reminding them. 
In other words, he's saying, Timothy, and for again, for all of us, the task is never completed. We're to stay at it. So he's telling him, stay at it, Timothy. Keep it up. Don't give up. And the responsibility of the pastors and the followers of Jesus in the church are to retell to each other, to other people, the apostolic teaching that the apostles received from Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. The challenge for the teacher, though, is not to make up the content of the message. It's a lot easier to make it up than to figure it out, trust me. <laughs> sometimes I read stuff and I, sometimes I'm like, Lord, today I wish I was a false teacher. <laughs> because it's a lot easier to make it up than to, than to try and figure certain sections out. And another thing that's really important for us to remember today is don't let the cultural issues of the day, which are changing like you cannot believe, and so we want to make sure we're not letting the cultural changes change the message that we're preaching to people. But again, sometimes, I think a lot of times, a lot of what we're against, we're so vigilantly against it that we really come across as not the nicest people in the world. So we want to be really careful about, about that. I think that in itself is probably worth a Sunday message. But it's a massive problem these days. Why? Well, there's a huge decline in Bible teaching in our churches. It's a huge decline. And it's led to, and this is going to sound very judgmental on my part, but that's all right, I don't care. I think what we have a lot of today is what I would call opinion essay preaching. Opinion essay preaching. So somebody has an opinion, they research a couple of Bible verses, and then they just read the Bible verses, and they really have almost next to nothing to do with the sermon, and they're just giving their opinion on a bunch of things. So with Bible teaching, there's also a challenge for the hearer. Because a lot of times when you teach the Bible, and we've come across so many false teaching passages, and some of you are like, I've had enough of these false teaching passages. We're, we're going to be soon out of them for a little while anyway. But I think the challenge is to say, oh, I've heard all this before. And I want to warn you, loved ones, that those are the words of an apostate or an apostate in the making. Once we start to think we've heard all that God has had to say and he keeps repeating himself, that means we're sort of insulating ourselves from what he wants to keep telling us over and over and over again. So why do you think God is always, and if you don't know what apostate is, it's someone who's in the process or has fallen away from the faith, why do you think God keeps telling us about false teachers over and over and over again? Because they are a plague. Later on in the message, he's going he's to call them like gangrene, right? They're absolutely awful. So after that, the Apostle Paul, it says he charges them or he warns them before the Lord. What does that tell us? That tells us this is a very serious matter. So he's like, Timothy, this is very, very serious, what I'm talking about. I know you've heard it from me a thousand times before, but you need to hear it again. And the warning here is, these guys are going to try and drag you into conversations over certain words and certain, certain things that I want you to stay away from. I don't want you to get sucked into their little kind of arguments. Now, so, true, sometimes you have to set the, the truth straight, but in general... He's telling him, most of the time, okay, 
as the pastor of the church, and I would even say for all of us, but he's saying that this is a pastoral epistle, as the pastor of the church, you got to stay away from that stuff. Because what it's going to happen is it's going to, it's going to suck you into something and it's going to take you away from the fruitfulness of the ministry. So it's a device of the evil one to take you out of it, to get you into all kinds of crazy different stuff and stay clear of it. Now, other times you have to put an end to it. Now, all I say is when I, when I, every occasionally that happens and, you know, people come in or something like that and, and I have to put an end to it and, I'm like, oh, what joy. Or I'll send Pastor John, and I'll say, tell them you have guns. (laughs) And he used to be a federal treasury officer, so it's okay that you have guns and you know how to use them. Yeah, it's not easy. But it's interesting that most of the quarreling in the first century church, and in our churches these days, it's the same in a lot of ways, comes from the quarreling, a lot of the quarreling comes from false teachers or the opinions of people that are, let's just say, not biblically informed, or they just want to pick and choose, you know, cafeteria Christians, they want to pick and choose what they believe and what they don't, and they're often from people who abandon or change the word of God, and he's saying, be very careful of these people, very, very careful, don't just react Think about how you're going to deal with this situation. Why be so careful? Well, part of the reason he tells us is it's terrible for the hearers. So if you're in one of those conversations and there are people who are either new believers, unbelievers, not yet believers, and they're hearing you in these arguments with these false teachers over these kind of silly little things, they must be like, this is what it means to be a Christian. I don't, I don't, I don't really want to be, I don't really want to be part of this. And so the Apostle Paul knows that certain kinds of debates are just going to confuse people. And they are not beneficial at all for the church. Like, because all you're doing is you're, okay, maybe there's some guy who has this thing that's off, but you're just bringing a whole bunch of other people into their offness, if you will, making up words again. You'll bring people into that, and that's not the right thing to help them. Now, the skeptic will automatically say something like this. Well, here we go. We have a Bible inconsistency. The Apostle Paul argued for the faith at various points in time. Jesus argued for the faith at various points in time, and I would wholeheartedly agree. I think what he's telling Timothy here is to make sure you understand the difference between arguing for the faith and being argumentative. They are two entirely different things. One is making a case for the faith, and one is just insisting on being right or making sure that the other person knows that you're right and they are wrong. Now, another the skeptic will say, Jude told us we are to contend for the faith. Remember we studied that? Contend for the faith. Jude said contend for the faith. He didn't say be contentious. He said contend for the faith, not being a person who's constantly provoking an argument, not being a person who's constantly being difficult. Now we come to verse 15. I'm going to read this one twice too. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, 
rightly dividing the word of truth. Let's go a little slower. Be diligent. Some of your versions say, do your best. Be diligent. Do your best to present yourself approved to God. Now, how would God approve what you and I are doing? A worker who does not need to be ashamed. So how don't you need to be ashamed? Rightly dividing. Some versions say, correctly explaining or correctly teaching the word of truth. Now, I love the wording at the beginning there. I love it. Be diligent or do your best. I absolutely love the, what he's telling him. And he, what is he telling him? I find, that, I find the words be diligent and do your best to be interesting, inspiring, and challenging. Why? Do not give this kind of stuff a half-hearted effort. This is very serious stuff. You need to really think this stuff through. You need to pray this stuff through. You need to confront someone on these things, right? Only one time in the history of our church did I walk up to a guy and say, because I knew what he was going around telling people, because a couple people told me on the way out what he was telling people. And I came up to him and I said, let me ask you this. Have you been saying this around to people here? He goes, yes. I said, you are not to say that anymore to the people in this church. It was totally false doctrine, false teaching, the doctrine of demons. And I said to him, you're not to say that anymore. And he said, it's a free country. It's my opinion. To which I said, well, this is private property, and you are no longer welcome here. And he said, you can't kick me out of here. And I said, you want to see me do it? I said, I can do it, and not only that, I can have the police remove you if you would like. So let's walk to the front door, and let's walk out right now. And he walked out the door. I've never seen him since. I don't know if we got a special visitor. I have no idea. <laughs> but that was the end of that. But other than that, in all the 18 years I've been here, anytime I've known there's been some false teaching walking around, a lot of times I've prayed about it. I've talked with people about it, and for a lot of people, it's just the result of what? Bad Bible teaching they came from. They came from opinion essay preaching. They came from stuff where they were led astray, and I said, why don't you just hold off on talking that, and in time, let's just see if you feel the same way, and sometimes we'll meet again at a later time, or else they'll go, you know what? I really was taught some bad stuff. And I'm so thankful that we're just going slowly through the Bible and God is making it clear to us. I think a lot of times, a lot of us, a lot of people are too casual about their faith. And Jesus and the apostles never called us to be casual. Do you ever get that feeling from the Bible that you're called to be casual? No, we're called to be responsible. We're called to be all in in our faith. So we might even say this is a self-disciplined faith persistent and zealous with a sense of urgency in getting the gospel out to people. That's why I would, I would encourage you, even if you've never been on an outreach before, come out with us the first Sunday in June after the services. Just come on out. Don't worry about it. You know, it'll be like, I don't know what to say. Don't worry about it. Just come out, hang out with us. Hand some, you can hand somebody a bag, an invitation to the church or something like that. You can do that. Tell people about our radio station. Just get out there and start talking to people, and you'd be amazed. It's not as difficult as you think, and you'd be amazed how much more you know 
through coming here and learning the Bible than you actually think that you do. But don't get in arguments with people. It's not, it's not worth it. That's how, he says here, you present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. A wholehearted, word-based faith is nothing to be ashamed of. What you do is you speak to people the truth of the word of God and you leave the rest up to God. So Paul says we plead with people to be reconciled to God and then what do we do? We go home and sleep like a baby, okay? We trust it all to God. We say, Lord, I've given them the information and now it is between you and them. The tone here is of a faith that is taking very seriously of a dependable worker. In other words, this is a faith that has been approved by God. It is passing the tests. And don't, I think a lot of times, what happens to a lot of us is the first time we really try to talk to somebody about God, we we don't do so well, do we? And then, then we think, oh no, I can never do this again. That's exactly what the other guy wants you to think. Well, God wants you to go, here's the problem. You weren't, you weren't trusting in me. You started talking, but you weren't talking and praying at the same time. Or you had an agenda with the person instead of just really kind of, kind of hearing them and listening to them. And in this day and age, you're going to have to listen to a lot of gobbledygook, right? But you'll find that if you listen to most people, that they will give you the opportunity to speak. You go, I don't know what to say. Blue cards out on the table. What is the gospel, right? Take those blue cards with you. You can even read it to them. You can memorize it in 60 seconds, but read it to them and say, here. And if you come to church someday, there's our church address on the bottom. Hey, if you see me, let's sit together. That's it. That's it. You just tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. And so perhaps the Apostle Paul is comparing true gospel faithfulness to the false teachers and the phony Christians who will be ashamed at the second coming. And this is a thing that's happening right now, and churches all across America are seeing this right now. You know, when we talk about false Christians or false teachers or something like that, our current culture, the current economy, is weeding out the true Christians and the false Christians. If you will, the sheep herd is getting thinner. Now you say, no, well, sometimes there's nowhere to park here when we come here, Pastor Jim. Well, the reason is, I believe this with all of my heart, that we teach the Word of God, that we teach the Bible. I told the people that were here when we came out of the COVID thing, I said, don't worry. If we got to preach the church empty to watch God preach it full again, seen it before? Hopefully we won't see it again, but maybe we will, right? And so that's the way God works. Now, this is an important point for every pastor and every follower of Jesus correctly explaining. Because you don't be like, you don't, don't get into the opinion wars. And it's interesting, the term literally means cut straight. Cut straight. Don't build the road to Jesus like this way, right? You know, don't make it all zigzaggy. Just tell people how to get to the foot of the cross, how to look up, seeing Jesus dying for their sins, not for our sins for their sins, for your sins, for my sins, but make it personal and put your trust in him. And so he says, correctly explaining, cutting straight the word of truth. 
Now, from the beginning, the church started where? Well, they were meeting in the temple, or then they started to meet in other in houses and, and in churches or out in out know, rented buildings, out in public. And remember that Christianity is word-based. It is Bible-based. When you're able to even know a few scriptures, there is power in the word of God. And don't forget that. And so uh, this is a metaphor, interesting, when it comes to this cutting straight the word of truth that Bible scholars can't seem to agree on. I would just say in the context of this entire passage, which really began last week, the point seems to be strive for accuracy. Be simple and shoot straight. Be a straight shooter. Don't be like, I was wondering what he's talking about. If people walk away from talking to you and go, he said I was a sinner and need a savior, and his name is Jesus, right? As arrogant and as nasty and as judgmental as that might sound, bravo. <laughs> bravo, that's, that's what it was. Also, simplicity. The last verse and the next verse both encourage us to avoid the silly arguments, to avoid the debates. Watch Jesus, people. Ask him questions, and he's like, Okay, and then he talks about something else. You know, this is what I found this to be a good tactic to people. When people ask you a question that is going to just, you know, it's just going to take you way off base. I'll just say this to them. Can we come back to that later? Right? We'll never come back to it, <laughs> right? Because we'll just get hopefully involved in, in deeper things and more important things. If they want to come back to it, maybe we will, but we typically won't. And the Apostle Paul uses the words in terms of serving the community of God's people and other people. And notice the word that the Apostle Paul uses. He uses the word work. It's work. You got to work at understanding. You got to work at talking with people. You'll get better the more you do anything. Generally, the better you get at it. And last week, remember, he talked about the hardworking farmer. This goes for pastors for kids ministry teachers, for community group leaders, for parents, for grandparents, for every follower of Jesus. Did I leave anybody out? Okay. This goes for all of us that were, whether we're out in the world or we're in the church. Trust me, there's people who come to our church here, right? If it's you and you're, or you're watching online and you're not a follower of Jesus, we're glad you're here. But there's plenty of people that come that are not followers of Jesus. And somebody walked up to me Sunday and said, hey, I'm here. I'm not a follower of Jesus. And I said, okay, well, I'm glad that you're here. Can you come back next week? And they said, I'm thinking about it. I said, good, come talk to me next week, right? And they just said, okay. I said, great, you know? And they just said, people, everybody seems nice. I go, well, not everybody. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But I said, you know, come back. And so we'll, you know, that's how, this is how it works. Unfortunately, today in the church, church have taken pastors and they've given them sort of the CEO mentality, which the problem with that is, is that it downplays the necessity of what we call hard word work, right? You have to work the word. You have to spend a lot of time on it. Did any of you talk to me Monday and Tuesday morning of this week? Nobody? No. That's because what was I doing? This. That's what I was doing. Now, people just saying, well, I just buy my sermons. I know a lot of pastors that just say, I just buy my sermons, all right? I always wonder, I'm always, when I meet those guys, I'm like, so how much Holy Spirit is it? Does it come with Holy Spirit unction in those things, right? And then even, even now, some of them are going, 
AI and chat GPT, it's going to make it so much easier to faster to do our sermons. And I'm like, I ain't never going that way. I'm not we're going that way because I find the best stuff in the sermons that I give anyway, which if there's any best stuff, I have no idea. But I find the best stuff comes when I have no idea what to say. Like when I'm like, I'm like, Lord, I know this is plain. I know this is simple, but I just don't know how to say it. I don't know how to word it. I don't fully understand it or I understand it in my head, but I don't know how to explain it to people who do it. And then even sometimes I get up here and I'm just like, I'm just so unsettled in certain things. And then I just start to talk, and I'm like, wow, Lord, that sounded pretty good. <laughs> because the, the Lord gives you the unction, we call it the unction of the Holy Spirit, the words uh, to speak. Now, when you buy sermons, I can tell you what, they're very easy to listen to. They're very easy to listen to because they're not, you're not going to find them really being hard-hitting at all. While Jesus and the apostles were often very controversial, but they were always very God-centered in their preaching. If your goal is audience approval, you will fail to have God's approval. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.